0: Welcome inside episode 370 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and chat with other analysts and fans all in the same place. It's the Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, the Ottawa Senators are among six teams trying to change the way that David Krejci approaches free agency. It seemed like a slam dunk. He'd return to the Bruins, but with them having under $2 million in cap, things have gotten extremely interesting, and it was even more interesting to find out that Ottawa is on the list of interested teams. So I'll get Pilsey's take on that report. However, Ottawa did add three two-way deals to the organization. We'll go through who they are, how they can help Belleville, who's building a true Calder Cup contender. All that plus, Zach Wierenski extends for a huge sum of money, and that just makes Thomas Shabbat's deal look that much better. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, July 30th in (sighs) Pilsy. Deep breath after these two days of free agency.
1: Yeah, Ross, it seems like the Ottawa Senators have focused on the Belleville Senators when it comes to free agency. But hey, you know what? Like I said last time, sometimes the best moves are the moves you don't make. And so far, they haven't made any major mistakes in my eyes. And they've added three nice AHL veterans that can really help this Belleville team, especially On defense, he got a big left-shot defenseman coming in.
0: Yesterday, we discussed that you needed to replace Hubert Labrie, and they found just that. Labrie goes to Europe in the DEL, and then Ottawa goes out to the KHL to bring a veteran AHL, NHL tweener back into the mix. It's Dylan Hetherington. The last time you saw him in North America, he was playing for the Texas Stars, was an assistant captain there in 2018-19 and help them get to the Calder Cup final game seven against the Toronto Marlies in 2018. He's a defensively reliable player, but Pilsey, how important is he going to be for the growth of their young prospects?
1: I think he's going to be a big part of this. Hetherington, he's t- only 26 years old, but he already has a lot of AHL experience. Like, you're, you're looking down at his uh, elite prospects page and he's been in the AHL since 2015, 2016, even mixing a couple NHL games in there as well. So, and then uh, last season in the KHL. So he has the experience. He has the pedigree to be a top four defenseman for Belleville. And that's something they desperately needed.
0: Just like Nick Holden, who Ottawa added to their NHL roster, Hetherington's an Alberta boy who's six foot four and well over 200 pounds to me. He starts camp paired with Lassie Thompson. What do you think about them as a potential partnership?
1: Yeah, I think so, Ross. Like, it seems like Hetherington is a guy who can play a top four role. And to get him paired with Lassie Thompson is probably a good thing. Now, I'm not sure if Hetherington is as defensive as uh, he may seem as a bigger guy because he still puts up points uh, everywhere he goes. But I think that's probably what we're going to see the starting pair looking like is him alongside Lassie Thompson.
0: Yeah, he's a big physical defenseman too. He's always up there in penalty minutes, but really he's just going to be a presence that these young 21, 22-year-old defensemen will be able to lean on. And I think that Belleville is doing the right thing, right? They, they know they have an elite coach down there in Troy Mann, and he's going to develop the prospects. But it's not only that. You want these guys to be in a culture of winning, and they got oh so close, Pillsy. I don't have to tell you that about how close we were to getting on that Calder Cup run with them. But now that it was a weird year last year too, right? They came back and they played in only the same four teams over and over again. It's like banging your head against the wall. You just want some new competition. And this year, they're going to get it. And I think they're well prepared for that because not only did they add Dylan Hetherington on the back end, by the way, I do see the potential for one, maybe two more ads to add to that defensive core because just like the management team said about the NHL, you don't know how many defensemen you're going to need throughout a season, and it's in all likelihood, it's going to be more than eight for the sixth spot. So we'll see if they keep adding on the back end, but up front, a couple really solid AHL signings. Let's start with the first one of the day. Pontus Abert, 27-year-old from Stockholm, Sweden. So born in 93, but he had his shot in the NHL the last couple of years. He played for the Leafs a little bit in 2019, 2020, played uh, 37 games for the Anaheim Ducks, the year before. And hell, he had 11 goals and 19 points in that stretch. However, after dominating with the Marlies to the tune of 20 goals in 55 games, he went over and played in the KHL. Funny enough, Pilsy, he's coming from the team that Vitaly Abramov ended up going to sign with. So I thought that was pretty interesting because there are some parallels in, in each other's games. Oh, definitely. This is almost
1: like a little swap. It's almost like a trade. Like, hey, you guys take care of a Bramov for us, and we'll take uh, Aberg off your hands. And I like this signing a lot. Twenty-seven years old, like you said, and he's actually got decent size—six feet, one hundred and ninety-five pounds—and like you said, he's able to put up points in the AHL, in the KHL, and let's not forget. He was a part of that Nashville Predators team that went all the way to the Stanley cup final. So he also has NHL playoff experience as well. He played 16 games in that run to the finals, So this is someone that's going to bring top six pedigree to the AHL and If you need him to come and play in Ottawa for you, that's not a problem at all. I wouldn't have any issues seeing this guy in a bottom six role in the NHL for maybe a week or two while someone who's injured gets healthy or something like that. Like this is a great low risk kind of high reward signing in my eyes.
0: Hey, good quality character guy as well. Lindsay Dan replies to us on Twitter at Sen Central and mentions that he's a single dad as well. He's got a young daughter and, There was a great article written about their relationship last year. So you're bringing in a top quality person, which is never a bad thing, but the on-ice qualities speak for themselves, especially at the AHL level. He's a three-time 20-goal scorer at that level, and he's hit 30 uh, in his career there as well. So you add him, you add Andrew Agazino, as we talked about yesterday, and you add Cole Sherwood as well, a 24-year-old. So now you're in like the tweener stage. You're not bringing him in. As a veteran AHLer, you're bringing him on a two way contract, but as a guy who I think the Sens believe could push other players in training camp and say, "Hey, if you don't come in prepared, this Cole Sherwood guy can play some NHL games for us."
1: And he is a physical player. Like the really the only Cole Sherwood knowledge I have is from at Sens Prospect. He posted a clip of. Uh, let's call it a questionable shove, a questionable hit on a Belleville player uh, a couple years ago. And that caused a scrum. So they're definitely aware of Cole Sherwood. And I think it's one of those situations where they're like, hey, we'd rather have him on our side than the other team's side. So at least we've got him here and he's going to be a menace for other teams, not for us anymore.
0: And I think that role is more needed at the AHL level than the NHL, because guys start running around a little bit extra down in the jungle. But one look at his elite prospects page, you click on the Kitchener Rangers and oh boy, we got another connection alert. He's a former line mate of Logan Brown in the OHL. So is that the top line in Belleville to start the year, Pilsy? Well, and I know we're kind of saying it
1: tongue in cheek, but damn, they put up points together. He had 60 points in 57 games, 30 goals, 30 assists. So Maybe that's what gets Logan Brown clicking. Uh, honestly, all all Sherwood has to do is keep Logan Brown healthy. If he can do that, see, I don't care the point totals.
0: Did you see his playoff points that same year, Pilsy? He had 14 goals in 19 games for 26 points. These guys were a complete wagon. So he's put up offensive numbers in the, in the junior days. But then when you get into minor hockey, he's had two seasons where he hits, hits 10 goals. But I would call it, and I'm sure he would too, a little bit of a disappointment stepping in to the pro game. And it's different, no doubt. This past year, he had four points in nine games in the AHL and also got six NHL games. And what we noticed was that locked on Blue Jackets was upset to see him go. So I think that's a bit of a, a sign that maybe he is a good addition here. I think he'll play in Belleville's top six, no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, it, he definitely has a chance to. He he can have a role here. And you start looking at uh, the forward group for Belleville, and that's looking really nice now. Like, you start putting the lines together. You got guys like Sokolov, um, Angus Cruikshank mixed in there with some of these veteran AHL new signings. And this could be a really good top six. So, like you said earlier, I think they still have some work to do on the back end. We'll see how that goes. But I, I welcome all these guys, and I think they, they've been good signings.
0: Yeah, so do I. And they've been a little more targeted than last year, right? Last year they just went out and kind of pieced it together a little bit, but these they're coming in here on the first couple of days of free agency, and all three of these players are making at least minimum six figures in Belleville. So these aren't depth Belleville signings. These guys are all making, I believe, Aberg is two hundred thousand, and the other two are one hundred and fifty guaranteed. So you're paying these guys good AHL money and we see how much that helps other teams like Laval and Toronto create an environment where you're there to win. Yes, it's about development in the AHL, but it's always about winning in hockey and getting that, you know, je ne sais quoi that comes with a team that can have championship aspirations. And let's not forget that Anton Forsberg signed next year to this it's probably going to be Philip Gustafson's year in Belleville. Would you say, I mean, he had a great nine game stretch. Everyone was hell bent on him being protected, myself excluded, but he gets protected from Seattle. But I don't think that guarantees him an NHL job next year. No waivers either. I think that Philip Gustafson gives this team, as long as he can play it like he did in the NHL and not like he's played in the AHL before, that this team should be able to make a run here. Ottawa is going to be pushing for playoffs. But in Belleville, it should be Calder Cup or bust.
1: Yeah, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be the goal. Like, they, they're able to put a team together. Like you said, Philip Gustafson, someone who had amazing numbers in the NHL. Let's hope that he can produce those in the, in the minors as well. But also, Ross.
0: Feels weird saying that, though, eh, Pilsy? Like, oh, he was so good in the NHL. Can he do that in the minors? Yeah. But it's <laughs> different for goaltending, though, because the game is so all over the place. A lot less uh, structure
1: hey ask andrew hammond how he feels about that i think he can tell you pretty quickly but and what i was going to say too you talked about phil Gustafson. and uh maybe his job isn't guaranteed in the nhl i'm not going to go ahead and guarantee his starting job is guaranteed in the ahl either because Whoa. he's got a six foot eight monster sitting behind him lurking over his shoulders in the great dane and mad sogard and a seven and zero record. Like I'm not a math guy, but it's hard yeah. to argue that if you're Troy Man as a coach. So it's not like he's just sitting pretty in a nice, warm, cushy chair now that Joy Decord's gone. The battle has shifted, and his work is cut out for him. Let's see if he can handle
0: it. I'm so excited. That's probably my my number one training camp battle is going to be Sogard or Gustafson. One of those guys has to separate this year, and they're only two years apart, right in age. Gustafson, 22, turning 23, does, however. Need a new contract, Pilsy. And that's the main training camp battle I'm most excited about right now. And that's in in goal because you've got Forsberg there. Yes, I would have preferred it to be Joey Dax backing up Matt Murray in the NHL this year. But behind Gustafson and Sogard, who's it going to be that comes out on top? It's going to be fascinating because the talent is there up front and growing on the back end hell even with these additions Del Zotto. no I'm not even gonna say it I'm not even gonna say it Brantstrom will be in the NHL this year but I did think that you know he is the one guy who's two-way contract waiver ineligible so all that being said training camp will be extremely interesting and it just sucks that we do not get a development camp to look forward to, What we do have to look forward to is David Krejci and where he's going to sign among other remaining free agents. So coming up, we're going to discuss where they could fit in who's left on the board. And then what does Zach Wierenski's contract mean for this defensive market that is really inflated despite the flat cap, make sure you're following us on Twitter at send for up to the minute news, notes, stories, analysis, and locked on on Instagram. All right, Pilsy, so the Senators have made moves this offseason, acquiring Nick Holden, Michael Delzado, a third-round pick from next year, and the bodies we just mentioned who will likely be in Belleville, Cole Sherwood, Dylan Hetherington, Pontus Aberg, and yesterday, Andrew Agazino. But all that said, they haven't touched either of the positions that Eugene Melnick blatantly stated they were going after. And one of those was a veteran number one center. Pilsy, what do you make of the latest, this report that David Krejci is contemplating what his future holds, but Ottawa's in the mix?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely nice to see that Ottawa is one of the teams mentioned. Now, I do want to clarify This is, the report is that Ottawa is interested. Not that Krejci has said, I'm interested in Ottawa. Just to clarify, I know classic party poop and Pillsy, but just don't want to get people's hopes up too high here. But I do think, like you mentioned, the Boston Bruins, they don't have the cap space to bring this guy back. They went out and they spent major dollars in free agency. Like that Linus Olmark contract basically kind of handcuffed them. And then when they signed Nick Foligno, There goes the money for David Krejci. So I don't think he's going to go back to Boston, even though that that would be the best place for him like that line of Taylor Hall, David Krejci and Craig Smith was incredible. So I don't think they can afford to bring that back. He did mention he would he would like to, and he plans on finishing his career in the Czech League in his home country, which I respect, and that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of great ideas for him to get to bring his kids over. They can learn the culture, learn the language. But I don't think his time in the NHL is done just yet. After you have a hot season like he did, I think he's probably going to look to cash in one more time. And there's six teams that are interested in him in Montreal. Ottawa, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Florida, and the Carolina Hurricanes. So there's a lot of different options for him there. And I think a lot of those options would make sense, especially when you start looking at Ottawa and Montreal, both of those teams are desperate for a top six centerman.
0: And not only that, Pilsy, those are the two teams listed here that have the most money to play around with, especially with Montreal, having that extra Shea Weber money that seems like it's going to be redispersed throughout their payroll. But he also right with Colorado and Tampa, that would be kind of taking less to hope to win. Whereas I think he would feel just as confident staying in Boston. If that's what he's looking for, because I don't think that the cap space for either of those teams is dramatically different. Now, Florida, they just signed Sam Reinhart, So is he going to go to a place where he's third on the depth chart now behind Barkov and Sam Reinhardt? I don't know about that. Carolina, same deal. I feel like, don't they have centers like Vinny Trocek and Sebastian Ajo? I think that if he leaves Boston, he's going to go somewhere where he can be the guy. And where, where better is his spot than in Ottawa, or I do have to say Montreal as well. Like They both have young centers down the middle that would learn a hell of a lot from playing alongside Krejci, but they wouldn't be taking a spot in the first power play unit. This guy would get all the offensive chances and touches that he needs. And I feel like sometimes Krejci becomes a little underrated and it can't be overstated enough how good of a hockey player he is. Consistent every single year. Just go through his stats. He's been their leading scorer time on and time again. And then come playoffs, he's one of the best playoff dudes in the entire NHL over the last decade if you go sorted by playoff points. So he just brings the entire package to this to the, wherever team gets him. And just for the chaos of it I hope he does leave Boston but uh, he
1: has to otherwise what are they going to pay him like one and a half mil I think he wouldn't take that just out of respect and reputation like come on come on guys like he was their highest paid player for the last like six years and now he's going to take a hometown discount of of under two mil I don't know if that's going to happen but I think he did nail it uh, on the head there either he's going to go for championship or payday If you want championship, Boston, Colorado, Tampa, those are your options. If you want payday, Montreal and Ottawa are your best options. So I like normally I kind of like shut down these ideas of big name players coming to Ottawa. But this is one that I actually think makes a lot of sense and put him beside a player like Tim Stutzler. Man, that could be quite the combo.
0: Pills, are you ready for the entire list of players with more playoff points than David Krejci over the last 11 playoffs? Can you name them? That's a good trivia it here. It's
1: generational talent. Like you're looking at Crosby. He's first. Yep. Kucherov. Second. Malkin. Fourth. Oh, I thought I was going to get
0: one, two, three here. Is Braden Point third? No, it's an obvious one. Ovechkin. No. I'll give you a hint here. Three-time cup champ. Patty Maroon. Ooh, close. <laughs> you got the first name right. Oh, P- Patty Kane. Patty Kane. Exactly. Those are the only players with more points than David Krejci. That's Kreitchi incredible. That's incredible. Over the last three years. He's tied with Patrice Bergeron. So, I mean, for all the love that and glory that Patrice Bergeron gets, David Krejci's right there with him. Krejci's actually played four less games. Uh, due to injury. So you look at that company that he's keeping, it's extremely impressive. I would throw so much money at this guy on a one or two year contract. It wouldn't even be funny. Because what are the, what's Ottawa going to do? They're $32 million under the cap. They're $9 million under the floor. Now, once Brady and Batherson get signed, they're not going to worry about the floor. But they sure as hell aren't worrying about the ceiling either. So with that being said, Krejci makes so much damn sense for this team. And then you look at the ties and uh, Simmer tweeted out yesterday that he married a girl from Hull. That was easy to find out that that's not true. Uh, I just typed in David Krejci wife and she's from Massachusetts. So I think if anything, she's from, uh, from the Boston area. But that being said, I think that it might play a role that he did play his junior hockey with the Gatineau Olympic. So maybe that's just a familiarity that he has with the city, but this is going to come down to fit if he's leaving Boston and I know it's, it's just hilarious because over the last five years, the narrative out of Boston is we got to get crazy, someone to play with. And then they bring in Taylor hall and hall takes the money that they would have used to re-sign him. So it's all just full circle, but then he could look in Ottawa and say, wow, this Connor Brown kid plays a really defensively responsible game. And he's a good offensive similar game. Similar to Craig Smith. It, there you go. And then on the left side, mix in a third overall pick a young superstar. And then you might have something there. So, My hopes with every passing day go up, but at the same time, we do have to mention that Krejci previously stated that he, he wants to be a brew. So will the money work out? That's to be seen.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about a guy that has 70 million in career earnings, so... If if he wanted to take a pay cut to stay in Boston to keep that line of Hall, Krejci, and Smith together, I think he could manage it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, let's just say Krejci's not worrying about where his next meal's coming from by any stretch. And if you go to Bet Online, you won't be worried either because it's got the best odds for you. It's the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Bet Online. So here's how you go about getting your exclusive. Welcome bonus. That's only available because you listen to the Locked On Senators podcast. Go on your mobile device or your desktop browser and find betonline.ag. When you do, use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Look, it's that easy, guys. Put in $200 and you get 100 for free. If you put in 100, you get 50 for free. Bingo, bango, bongo. It's that. Simple bet online. They've got amazing odds. They've got Olympics as well. If you want to mix that in, the Toronto Blue Jays are back on Canadian soil. You got to be hitting them tonight. It's a levy lock. The Toronto Blue Jays at home. I don't even know who they're playing, but they're on home. Kansas turf. City. They're on home turf though, Pilsy. For the first time since 2019, that is wild. So it's a sign. Things hopefully getting back to normal. This and that, but that's my levy lock of the day. And you can go find it at BetOnline.ag. The important part isn't that you know who the Jays are playing. Thanks, Pilsy, for pointing out who they are, though. It's that you're in the action. So don't forget the promo code Locked On, and you'll receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. All right, Pillsy, as we finish discussing unrestricted free agents like David Krejci and how much they can command on the open market, we're seeing a huge rise in the salary for RFA defensemen this summer. Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, neither of them needed this contract. Just like Shabbat signed a year early, these guys locked themselves up for seven years each and then... Do you think this is a little shade from former teammates? So Seth Jones signs for 9.5 in Chicago, gets traded from Columbus where he and Wierenski had made such a formidable top pair for all these years. And then Kekalinen goes out and signs Wierenski for 9.538. Is that a little cherry on top?
1: I mean, hey, the extra 3.8 is definitely a nice cherry on top. And I think... Kekalainen, he had to do this, right? Like, if, if Zach Rowenski leaves or you're forced to trade him too, what are you doing? Like, you if you can't keep any of your main top players at all, convince them to stay in Columbus, then no one else is. It has to start somewhere. So he paid a massive deal to him. But even still, uh, I think I would probably take that Wierenski deal over the Jones deal. Like, Jones had – I don't even know the right word for it. Like just Atrocious. At- atrocious. Yeah, actually, that's perfect. He had an atrocious season. And then to get rewarded with a massive, one of the biggest contracts in the NHL at his position is absolutely insane. So for both, imagine they were still together on a pair. You're looking at a $19 million D pair. I think only the San Jose Sharks have anything close to that. So that is some crazy money to be throwing around, especially when you consider that this is a dead cap era, like having these guys on these contracts is absolutely insane.
0: It certainly is. And then let, let's talk about all the defensemen because not only those two, I think Kale McCarr, everyone says if there's one guy that you're going to pay that much money for, it's He's Kale McCarr. But yeah. even he only signed for $9 million, So these other guys are making more. For me, that's very strange. But then you look at Thomas Shabbat, who going into last season was the eighth highest paid defenseman sorted by it He was tied with Jacob Truba, John Carlson, and Brent Burns. But since then, Kale McCarr signed for 9 million, Miro Heiskinen signed for 8.45. And then the two guys, well, I was gonna say two guys out of Columbus, but Seth Jones and Zach Warensky both signed for 9.5. So even though those don't kick in till the next year, once they do, oh, I didn't mention Dougie Hamilton signing for nine as well. So after all that. Now, Thomas Shabbat going into the 22-23 season as a 26-year-old in his prime with six years left on his contract, he'll be the 13th highest paid defenseman. And that's only going to continue to go down as more guys get overpaid. So I think that it just really solidifies how amazing of a contract it is for Thomas Shabbat. And then you look at the structure of Shabbat's deal, and it's not like you see with some other guys like like Matt Murray, for example, where they backloaded, The hell out of it for matt murray i believe he's making eight million in the last year of that contract oh my god um that being said though thomas shabbat's contract is pretty reasonable now it goes seven million last year seven million this year then i believe this was lockout protection but that that being said i don't think it'll matter because they extend it but next year he only makes four million in salary isn't that crazy They'll make up for it down the road. He goes 8 million then 10 10 10 and then the last year is back down to 8. Now once the salary hits 10, he's got a modified no movement clause that that fit, hits in as well where he can submit a 10 team no trade list. But just looking at this contract with by the way, shocker, no signing bonuses to speak of. This is just as team friendly of a contract as you can find.
1: Uh, you, you can't beat this. And especially the thing to add on top of that too, Ross, is this deal was signed before the pandemic hit, before there was a dead cap. So this deal was signed in anticipation of the cap continuing to climb like everybody thought. So th- this was signed with the notion from the team and the player that the cap is going to go up, and they got him at a great, great contract. Like, And the best thing is, Shabbat along with Kachuk is going to set the standards for how the cap structure is going to work here so no defenseman will make more than eight million maybe maybe Jake Sanderson after his entry-level deal but even still I would have a hard time seeing it go much higher than that like it's set the structure of all right Thomas Shabbat is making this so you can make this and that's what they need to get Brady done as well to set that structure but when you're looking at this deal compared to those guys, it's incredible. Thomas about 24 years old, and signed to this contract. Wow. Like, you can't beat that value. I would take that over Wierenski and Seth Jones' deal, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. I would take it over almost any of the deals ahead of him. Like, Roman Yossi aside, I would take Yossi ahead of him at 9.05. But, like, Carlson at 11.5. With thanks his for, age and injury. Thanks for Timmy. Um, Drew Doughty at 11. Nah. nah. I take I take Shabbat at eight. Uh PK Subban at nine. No Woo. thanks. Uh Dougie Hamilton and Kale McCarr. I mean, an argument can be made for those guys, especially McCarr. I mean, is on a completely different level. So and he that's going to be in
1: his prime as well. He's so. the
0: most value guy yeah. on this list for sure. But Petra Angelo, I don't know how well that's going to age at eight point eight. Heiskanen's a really good player. So that's a very fair. And then Oliver Ekman Larson is another guy who everyone's saying is overpaid. So with those guys, and then the ones I mentioned who are tied with him in Burns Carlson, uh, John Carlson, that is, and Jacob Truba. I mean, you're looking at a situation where Shabbat's got a really good, nice contract. Now, you'll look right after him and Hedman signed for 7.8. And you're like, oh my God, come on. Tampa just robbing everyone again. But hey, it does just solidify how good Shabby is. And let's hope he can take a step on the defensive side of the puck this year. And then you're looking at a complete all-around stud. So that being said, We're talking about guys coming up in the ranks, and yesterday we teased it, but we didn't really get into it. Now, the World Junior Summer Showcase is over, and the Sens, their players left an impact. Tyler Boucher on every single shift. Let's put it this way. If you ask players on Finland and Sweden, which U.S. player did you hate playing against the most, I bet you most would answer Tyler Boucher. He was getting in everyone's face, got a goal, had a helper, was really a solid contributor to the Team USA Blue. But the real story from Sensland Pilsy is Levi Marilina. Yeah, I mean he he's played
1: well once again, and I I can't wait to see him come over to Kingston. We talked about it before. Him playing with Shane Wright is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for how all the Sens prospects showed in that summer showcase. Like everyone looked to be right where we want them to be, and. Tyler Boucher being the guy teams hate to play against the most. That's exactly what you want to hear. That's the kind of role he's going to hopefully have when he does come to the NHL. So once again, this summer showcase is just getting me more and more amped up for the world juniors this season.
0: He played 118 minutes. It would have been 120, which would have been two games, but uh, he had a little skate malfunction. So he had to leave for a couple minutes. But that being said, 60 saves and a 938 save percentage through the tournament. So lucky Levi doing his part to help to get this show on the road. Meanwhile, Scott Wheeler, everybody's favorite analysts know, and all joking aside, he is a really good friend of the show. Uh, just hates how the Sens draft and that's fine. That's his opinion, but he's in Calgary for team Canada's national men's U 20 camp and Ridley Gregg starting as what looks to be now it's split up to team white and team red. He's on team white and he's lining up as the number two center on that team. So the longer he sticks at center is going to be really interesting and something I'm, I'm very curious to see if it lasts because I want him to play center so bad, but he needs to put on weight in a hurry. Like this guy, he was drafted at what? 158 pounds. Now he's, it's, he's listed as 164 here. And to put that in perspective, Shane Wright's two years younger, and he's listed at 187. So once Ridley bulks up, however, I think that he will be an unreal player. So just to keep an eye on Ridley Gregg this week, he and Team Canada are doing a good job of getting the team together here through tough circumstances and getting these guys on the ice because it's unacceptable for Team USA to win back-to-back gold medals. So uh, obviously we've got our Sens A who uh, with Tyler Boucher, Tyler Clevin, and Jake Sanderson, who's likely to be the captain of that team. But it's all Canada all the time, Pilsy. So we'd love to see that for Ridley Gregg.
1: Yeah, I'm fired up for Ridley Gregg. And to comment on uh, him staying at center, I... Yeah, he does need to bulk up, but I really think his style of game would work better at the center position than the wing. Like, I feel like at center, he can roam around and cause havoc and not have to worry about being in the right place at the right time. Whereas on the wing, he's kind of stuck to his little domains, his little areas. So I hope for his sake that he can gain some weight Um, continue to improve in the face-off dot because I would love to see him as the Senator's third line center one day. Like, I I think that just works perfectly. So yeah, we're cheering for Ridley, Greg. And although we do like to see our uh, US sends prospects win, Pierre Dorian likes winners, noted. (laughs) uh, We bleed red and white. So go Canada all the way for sure.
0: 100%. All right. Well, rumor season continues. And if anything breaks, we'll be the first to have you a nice little Locked On Now video at Send Central. So stay tuned for all that and enjoy your weekend. Uh, It's going to be a lot less stressful than last weekend with the NHL draft. And we'll be back on Monday, hopefully, with a great interview for you. Expect sometime next week for that. And we're uh, now going down to three shows a week. So I guess we should end off with a little scheduling note just for a month and a half. It's been a long time, lots of episodes. I don't have the exact number, Pilsy, but I want to say that the Sens have played 56 games, and we've done about 250 episodes over that time. So uh, we're going to take not a step back. We're Actually, we're introducing our YouTube as well. Uh, the channel is active. We haven't tweeted out or anything. We did post the Brian Boucher interview. We thought it was too good not to have as our first video. But from now on, uh, assuming that we can figure out this, uh, live stream and whatnot. We're gonna have the podcast drop on Monday, and then we're gonna have the YouTube video drop on Tuesday. So that way, each day there's there's still new content for you to have. If you missed the the podcast, or if you want to see me chirp and Pillsy behind, like giving the hand signs as he's talking, or or whatnot. If you want to kind of be in the show with us, we're gonna have that on YouTube. And uh, so go subscribe to the page Locked On Dot Senators. It's such a new page right now that. When you type in Locked On Senators, a bunch of the podcasts that we've done with the future sickos, with Brandon Mackey, with Sense Talk, they pop up. So you just have to filter it by channel. So if you filter it by channel, Locked On Senators, Pilsy, it's going to be a really exciting next step that we're going to kind of slowly build getting into the 2021-22 season so we can hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for this. It's a whole different aspect of podcasting. A lot of uh, podcasts do the video form, so we're getting into that. And please, go subscribe. The more subscribers we have, the more we're going to put into it, right? Like, if we know people are loving this, then we're going to make sure we got lots of content flowing through there. So show your support. Subscribe for us. Much appreciated. And we're going to have some fun on YouTube. We've been having a lot of fun with the pod, but this is a whole different animal, and we're ready for it.
0: And since Pillsy outed me earlier this week saying that I'm moving West, um, all I'm going to say is that I'm going to be very close to Grand Forks, North Dakota. And we will have, as Pierre Maguire says, boots on the ground for some Nodak accents. And we plan on getting you some live interviews with Tyler Clev and Jake Sanderson down there. So stay tuned for all that exciting things to come for us here. An amazing week. We can't uh, pre- express our support and appreciation for it. Uh, And we hope that you stay with us through the off season as the senators, there's no way that they're done tinkering with their roster. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be all over social media, but it will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the new schedule going forward, likely until training camp opens in September. So enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening for Brandon pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the locked on Senator podcast, your team every day.